Another viewer commented on Rumble with a link to a video by Tim Pool, as well as their own take of what's gone wrong between single men and women. I'll address the viewer's comment in a moment, typos included. But first, I want to go point by point through Tim Pool's video and give my response. For sake of time, I will be summarizing Tim's thoughts and not giving exact quotes. If you want to watch the video yourselves to make sure I'm being fair, I will link it below. One of the first things that Tim brings up is that he believes women used to want commitments from men before giving themselves up physically because of the risk of pregnancy. Now they just give themselves up because we have such good contraceptions. I don't necessarily disagree with this. I'm sure easy access to birth control has only aided in the deterioration of our culture's boundaries around sex. Tim is painting with a wide brush, however, and I don't believe all women think this way. In fact, Tim paints with a wide brush throughout the whole video. I don't have a problem with this because he is simply speculating, but I did want to make sure to give a disclaimer that these sweeping statements are not meant to be taken as absolutes for every man or woman. Tim goes on to mention how men just take what they can get because we typically only want one thing. Again, not true of all men, but generally speaking, yes, men love their physical pleasure and go to great lengths to receive some. Oftentimes, during moments of extreme physical cravings, men choose to make stupid decisions that they wouldn't condone during a moment of sobriety, shall we say. Poole goes on to point out that the top-performing men get a lot of women because women are much more physically selective. There are actually many studies that have shown this, and Poole references a couple in his video. To put it in shallow terms, men are much more likely to pursue a girl they would rate a 6 out of 10, while girls oftentimes only pursue 8s and above, regardless of their own ranking in the eyes of a man. Poole gives an example of a girl who is hit up by two guys. One is a 30-year-old dude who offers to pick the woman up in his nice car, take her to the lake, and buy her dinner. The other guy is 20 years old and broke while working at a deli and says she can come hang out with him at his dorm. The conclusion to Tim's example is that the woman is going to almost always pick the older established male over his younger competitor. Tim then referenced a 2019 article from the Washington Post about how the amount of Americans not having sex had hit a record high. It was up the most in men by about 28%, but only slightly higher than it had been previously for women. Tim is stating that this is due to women dating older men. Essentially, he lays out the argument that there is an entire group of young men who are being rejected by women because they just aren't as established as a 30-year-old man. I think this is probably true to an extent, but I'll give more of my thoughts on this in a moment. Tim goes on to discuss how no-fault divorce has led to increased uncertainty in long-term relationships. I'd agree with this. Beyond that, I'd say society has socially made divorce more acceptable. Without the stigma surrounding it, paired with the ability to end the arrangement quickly, divorce rates have only gone up and marriage is no longer the binding contract it once was. Tim also discusses how popular media often depicts marriage as being a drag and not worth pursuing. I completely agree with his point here. I've had conversations with people where I've mentioned that there is a propaganda war on men, and believe it or not, I've had people completely disagree with me. I would simply point these people to the dozens of popular shows depicting the husband and father as a bumbling idiot who is only kept afloat by his witty and capable wife. Here's a few examples. Everybody Loves Raymond, The Simpsons, Family Matters, Family Guy, George Lopez, 
Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, King of Queens, Reba, etc., etc. Not every show is as upfront about it as others. Some of the fathers are bumbling but endearing, but some are just depicted as grown children. On the flip side, this often makes the wife's character come across as a condescending nag. The end picture we are left with is that marriage is this uncomfortable arrangement where you either live with an incapable husband you have to babysit, or you live under constant scrutiny from your nagging wife. Obviously, Hollywood alone is not the only element causing marital issues, but I couldn't agree with Tim more. Now I want to discuss my viewer's rumble comment. He said the following after Link in the Tim Pool video. Quote, it's on men in general, as opposed to secular ones, but my hypothesis is that young Christian women are influenced by their peers on social media the same way young Christian men are influenced to seek out pornography, and both things are dangerously bad for both groups. End quote. I agree. Social media can be very toxic. In fact, I did an entire episode talking about how girls are developing mental illnesses from exposure to certain TikTok trends. Christian women are able to be impacted just the same as non-Christian women. To your other point, I wouldn't say as a man I was encouraged to seek out porn verbally, but I absolutely agree that our culture constantly assails a boy's mind from near birth with movies, music, TV, commercials, billboards, and even the magazines in line at Walmart. Constant exposure to female models in little clothing can't be constructive to a young boy's brain. From there, it does not take much to push him into full-blown addiction. The comment continues, quote, I'm sure some women telling you they want mature men are genuine, but in general, I imagine they don't want to come over as focused on physical attractiveness as their secular peers are. The seriousness of this is that women decide before men ask them out if they'll make themselves available to be asked out or not. If women decide this on physical attractiveness or displayed wealth, mostly then a majority of Christian men will be written off with an evaluation of their love for Jesus Christ. I'm sure there are women who 100% evaluate potential dates only by their looks or wealth. In fact, I've met some like that myself. However, the good ones will be looking for more depth than this. If the woman's only reason for rejecting you is looks, then stay clear of her. However, I want to add a big disclaimer. When it comes to first impressions, a woman is going to look for physical attractiveness. Men do too. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be physically attracted to your love interest. The issue is putting that physical attraction above everything else. I mentioned previously that every single person should write down a small handful of their primary standards that they require a mate to have. This list shouldn't be too long, as these should only be the things you absolutely can't live without. Physical attractiveness should be lowest on this list. In college, I knew two girls whom I'll refer to as Sally and Susie. I didn't exactly find either Sally or Susie very physically attractive at all. In fact, they were very comparable looking by my standards. Yet, if I was in the scenario where I had to choose which girl to marry out of the two of them, I would pick Sally over Susie every time. Why? Because Sally had more of my primary standards. Sally had a strong Christian faith, which was a must for me. She was also very kind to everyone she interacted with, not just to individuals she wanted something from. In addition to this, she had other secondary standards I found appealing, such as an engaging personality, leadership skills, and she was an artistic person. Susie met none of my primary standards, and only a few of my secondary standards. I've been blessed now to have a wife who not only meets all my primary standards as was required, 
but also met my secondary issues. She's even exceeded what I had hoped for and continues to amaze me each day. I brought up Susie and Sally to simply say that before a woman can get to know you and discover whether or not you meet her standards, it is human nature to assess your outer qualities first. This is why I think relationships should be much less transactional and much more intentional. The ideal situation is for you to meet a woman at a place where you can observe one another over the course of at least weeks, if not months, before you aim for anything romantic and exclusive. This allows her to see some of your qualities that may meet her primary standards. You might not be the best looking chap around, but if she sees that you have a strong faith and a generous spirit, she might just grow in her attraction for you regardless of your bald head or big nose. You might be poor as dirt, but if she sees how you have an incredible work ethic and a disciplined lifestyle, she probably won't care. Odds are you'll end up richer than most through your own diligence. The comment continues, quote, Generally, young men are sadly ignored, though, and left to fend for themselves, not challenged or trained in any way to make them suitable to be the next generation of church leaders, like you said. This makes lots of room for the porn, video games, and whatever degeneracy they find to fill a wasting life. But similarly, young women are ignored, sadly, and left to their own devices, left to pursuing careers or physically attractive men till they've wasted their best years to rear a family and realize their suitability for marriage is aging away and their prospects of marriage and children vanish. Again, I take no issue with what you've said. All I would say is that my goal with these videos is exactly that to challenge men to rise to the occasion, because I too believe this is lacking. Some of you men listening might be frustrated that I haven't gone too hard on women in the last few videos. To this, I would say a few things. First of all, I'm not going to limit myself and say I won't ever discuss where I think single women can improve themselves. However, right now, I'm trying to focus on my own area of expertise, which is being a man who is no longer single, but made many mistakes and learned a lot of lessons during my years of bachelorhood. Second, I believe you can only control your own actions. A single man watching this can't change how the women in his life act. However, you can change yourself as well as which women you choose to pursue. Earlier, I discussed Tim Poole's point about the 30-year-old man and the 20-year-old man both asking a girl out and how the girl chose the more successful 30-year-old man. We also discussed Tim's theory that the top percentile of men are getting multiple women and leaving the rest of the men without. The truth is, I'm trying to encourage you to level up yourself so that you can be one of those top performers. However, the goal is not to find multiple partners, but instead to find one high-performing woman whom you can love and cherish till death do you part. A 20-year-old man does not need to be broke, in debt, and making minimum wage. I'll do some future videos on finances later if you're interested in hearing more. Ultimately, the goal is to make yourself a better candidate and surround yourself with better candidates as well. The comment concludes with this, quote, This is a massive subject, so I appreciate you may already have thoughts on these, but I thought I'd try to put, some, put over some other parts of the sad story playing out between men and women today in churches, end quote. Yes, this subject is massive, and I will probably always have more to say on the subject. Notice that thus far I haven't yet put a Christian lens on this topic. I've been simply giving some practical input and tips that can work for all men. How Christian men should date will have to be a future video all on its own. If you have any specific questions about relationships, please leave them in the comments, and I might just address them in a future video. Typos and all.